Hi, I'm TechCrunch Managing Editor Daryl Etherington, and you're listening to the TechCrunch Podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about the week's top stories in tech from the people who wrote them. This week is all about hacks. First, Carly Page comes on to talk about the, quote, completely compromising Uber hack. And then I'm joined by Jordan Crook to go over what we know about the Grand Theft Auto 6 video leak. But before we get into all that, here's what else is going on in tech news this week. Google unveiled a new version of its Chromecast streaming device this week. It's a low-cost $30 device that maxes out at 1080p HD resolution, less than the existing $50 Chromecast, which offers 4K. The budget version joins a host of existing cheap HD streaming devices that are obviously proving popular with consumers. Google has a hardware event at which it's expected to unveil new Pixel devices on October 7th, so we expect a lot more announcements then. For more, check out Yvonne Meta's article on TC. Neobank Revolut got hit with a cyber attack that affected roughly 50,000 customers, the company revealed this week. The company minimized the attack in an official statement, using only a percentage of its total customer base to indicate how many were affected. The actual number, however, was revealed in a required breach disclosure to the Lithuanian government, where Revolut holds its banking license. As is a worrying trend, Revolut's breach came down to social engineering, which we'll talk more about with Carly Page later in this episode. You can read more from Carly on TechCrunch. Larry Page-backed electric aircraft startup Kitty Hawk announced it was shutting down this week. The company was founded by Sebastian Thrun, who began and spearheaded the self-driving car project at Google. Kitty Hawk initially focused on developing what amounted to a personal electric aerial ATV before shifting focus to more industrial vehicles and commercial air taxis. It's definitely a blow to the space, since Kitty Hawk was one of the more high-profile companies pursuing this tech. You can check out more from Kirsten Korosek on TC. Kia and Hyundai are facing heat from customers after a viral TikTok trend showed people how to easily hotwire certain models of their cars. A new class action suit accuses the automakers of leaving out a vital and standard anti-theft measure in order to callously save money. The flaw means the cars can basically be started using a USB cord and a screwdriver with no special expertise required. The flaw means that cars can basically be started using a USB cord and a screwdriver with no special expertise required. Following the TikTok challenge popping off, Chicago saw a 767% increase in Kia and Hyundai thefts, according to the city's police department. More on TC from Rebecca Bellin. First up, Carly Page is talking about how Uber was hacked by an 18-year-old in a breach experts are calling completely compromising. Hey, Carly, how's it going? Hi, good, thank you. How are you? Doing well. So we're here to talk about a story that actually initially broke, not this past week, but the week prior, but it's big and it continues to have updates and wrinkles and much more information coming up. What can you tell us about Uber and their big embarrassing hack? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like you said, we first found out about this attack last Thursday. That was kind of because of a New York Times report. Uber really didn't have much to say at that time. It kind of told Mm. us, we're investigating, but we are going to tell you absolutely nothing else. (laughs) So yeah, it was all very strange. At the time, the New York Times reported that they'd spoken to the hacker who had claimed to be 18 years old and who said he had breached Uber because their security was, was just so terrible. He thought, why not? But yeah, thankfully, this week, Uber has put out a new admittedly carefully worded statement where it's revealed some more details about this breach. Mm-hmm. So it has said that like a ton of the breaches that we've covered over the past few weeks, a hacker got into their systems by using social engineering to trick a contractor. So essentially Uber says they probably 
stole the password from a dark web blog and then used, it's kind of known as MFA fatigue. So basically they sent a bunch of push notifications to this contractor until it kind of got to the point where they were like, okay, I'm going to accept this because it's disrupting my job. Mm. So yeah, and that enabled the attacker, once they got into that employee's account, they were able to access Uber's Slack accounts where they left some messages, oddly enough, and also into their G Suite documents. Uber is saying no customer data has been accessed. And this breach is not, it didn't impact their apps. So Uber carried on working, Uber Eats carried on working. But I can attest to that. I've used it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) I mean, we can't confirm this was an 18 year old hacker, but Uber themselves said they believe this was the work of the Lapsus Group, Mm -hmm. which is kind of known to be made up of kids. So it's cool hacker teens. I don't know that much about, I've seen the name, but I saw that they were saying, oh, it's Lapsus. And I was like, oh, Lapsus. Yes, I've heard that name, but I know nothing else beyond that. So apparently it's really cool teens that are out there hacking the world. (laughs) I mean, they're pretty cool. I mean, quite a few of them were arrested (laughs) last year. (laughs) But yeah, they kind of rose to prominence late 2021 hacking. Oh my God. Microsoft, NVIDIA, Samsung, Okka. So many more. Wow. But yeah, rumor has it that a bunch of teens from the UK and from Brazil. And yeah, they just find really simple ways to break into these huge global companies, which, yeah, it's quite crazy. Yeah. So tell me a bit more about this the MFA fatigue. So because you're thinking like, oh, multi-factors enabled. So even if you get the passwords off the dark web, like you shouldn't be able to get in. Because those of us, I think we all now use multi-factor for some account or another. So you're familiar, you know, you get the notification. And if you didn't request that notification or try to log in anywhere, you're thinking, I don't care. Like, okay, bye, right? And (laughs) usually the message includes something like that, which is like, if you did not request this, please disregard this message or language to that effect, right? Yeah. Well, how does the fatigue come in? Because it seems like, for me, there's a hard time believing like that i would ever go like oh i'm tired of this so therefore i will accept it but that seems to be what happened it does seem like quite a strange concept and you would think these employees that are probably quite clued up on security would think i didn't do that but mfa fatigue does what it says on the tin essentially they just spam with so many notifications Uh. that the only way to kind of get rid of those notifications and get on with their working day without being distracted is to click on it Uber actually did say in the case of this breach, I think the hacker sent notifications for like an hour. So this employee did, he held out, he he tried, but they also sent a WhatsApp message saying, look, I'm from your IT department. If you want these notifications to stop, you're going to have to interact with it. So it's a really simple kind of technique. But yeah, in this case, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the the other question there would be like, maybe some systems already do this, but wouldn't it make sense to have some kind of a volume trip or like, a, oh, if if I see that this is requested so many times in a row or whatever, I, as the mm-hmm. provider of the MFA, will shut this off. Do people have that or is it a thing? That is a thing. I would imagine Uber did not have that in place. Right. They have said following this breach, they are strengthening their MFA. They haven't said what that means. But yeah. Like you said, that is a good way of kind of preventing this tactic. They could also look at something like hardware security keys where Mm. an attacker isn't going to get those details unless it has access to that key. And there's also another thing that's becoming quite popular called MFA number matching, which so you log in, your computer will display a number 
And you will then have to go and enter that number into a separate verified device. I mean, it's kind of similar to what Apple does if you ever want to log in on a new device. But again, in that instance, the hacker would need access to that other verified device in order to kind of crack it. Yeah, because you're not going to send the whole message like, oh, I guess I'll just send all this code over the message, right? That's more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can probably confidently say in the case of Uber, they were very likely using SMS-based MFA, which it just doesn't really work anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's better than nothing. It's absolutely better than nothing. But we've seen so many breaches recently where it has been so easily compromised. Yeah. And SIM swapping is, used to be the big problem there, right? Or like it was relatively easy to call up the carrier and convince them like, oh, yeah, yeah, you need to move my number. I'm the person who owns this. And then people would very easily, again, social engineering, because the people, it was a human ultimately making the decision and they would be like, oh, sure. Okay, right. I'll do that right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Sim swapping is still a huge problem as well. It's people are taking advantage of people, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So they still maintain, though, even after revealing this, that like customer data was not affected, right? Kind of. Okay. So they're saying sensitive customer data was not accessed, which I think they clarified meant details of trips and bank details. Hmm. But beyond that, again, it's quite vague. It kind of suggests they accessed some data, but it's clearly a cleverly worded statement to not raise too many eyebrows at this point. I have a feeling more will probably come out. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely not as bad as the Uber breach it had a few years ago, where it kind of exposed everything on about 60 million customers. I think we'd know that by now. But yeah, as far as we know, customer data is safe. Yeah. But I, ex- I expect more will come out. Yeah, for sure. And I, I remember like last week, a couple of days, because again, it was not anything Uber was saying. So we had to rely on kind of sources reporting, but there were some sources purporting to be, I guess, employees inside the company saying like, oh, we can't even access internet sites, right? Like for the company, like we're blocked. And in some cases it was saying like, it's just displaying an explicit image and like a message trying to kind of make fun of us or whatever. And that's all we can access. And that seemed to go on for like a couple days or, you know, at least a day or something before Uber was able to regain access. Do we know anything more about that? We don't know any more about that. We do know that whoever hacked Uber is pretty brazen. Right. So <laughs> I've seen some screenshots of the messages they posted in the Slack channel, and they were just taunting the employees. And the employees didn't believe this was real. So they were kind of yeah, <laughs> engaging I saw the with Slack the hacker, which is... With all the reactions. Really yeah, unusual. Yeah. <laughs> and the hacker... This is unlikely the motivation because they are forever motivated by money, but they also put a message in sort of demanding that Uber drivers are paid more. So (laughs) maybe that played a part in the hack as well. I don't know. But yeah, really brazen. I'm guessing the reason it took a while to kind of get these systems up and running is because when a company does get compromised like this, they do tend to just shut everything down where they try and figure out what is going on. Uber tells us now everything is back up and running. And yeah, like I said, no customer facing products were impacted. So you won't have noticed your Uber app wasn't working while this was taking place. It was more the back end systems that were affected. Yeah. And they didn't post any messages in the customer facing. So there wasn't, we didn't get the message about that Uber drivers should should get paid more. Though they should. Unfortunately not. (laughs) They should. I agree they should. And that would have been really funny if we all got that message. But yeah, yeah. unfortunately, (laughs) they didn't go quite that far. Yeah, I think the only other wrinkle in this story that I thought was interesting and, you know, I included it in my article, but I don't think there's any kind of like, there wasn't at the time any verifiable proof of this, but the hacker who leaked the Grand Theft Auto 6 footage yes. 
claimed to be the same person that was responsible for the Uber hack, right? Yeah. yeah, and Uber acknowledged that in its statement on Monday. So when it said it believes this hacker was associated with lapses, they then went on to say, we have reason to believe this hacker may have been involved in the Rockstar Games breach too. So I mean, they are going after some big targets. Right. That Rockstar breach, it was huge, absolutely huge. So again, that kind of links it back to the fact that this was probably a teenager that hacked both Uber and Rockstar Games over a weekend, which yeah. is crazy. And when it's you crazy. bring up the you know, lapses and, and their kind of previous exploits, and you also brought up motivation and money. So is that kind of known to be what they're generally after? Are they doing ransom for these things? Or do we know generally what their MO is? They're not actually known as a ransomware group. Okay. They kind of just breach organizations that kind of have lack security and let them in and cause chaos. They're kids at the end of the yeah. day. But yeah, they're known for going after these huge targets. And um, like I said, a few of the members were arrested in the UK. I think it was earlier this year. And they kind of went dark for a bit. Mm. So this is the first whistle. I don't want to call it a comeback. But this is <laughs> kind of the first signs of a lapsus comeback that we're seeing. I don't know if it is financially motivated with them, to be honest, because they're not demanding ransom. Right. They're kind of just causing carnage and then going right it's, it's all very strange it's all very strange now we don't know for sure what they're accessing and they could sell that later like you don't know entirely right yeah but, but if what uber is saying is true they haven't accessed customer mm-hmm. data they haven't accessed client data they haven't really got that much to sell but yeah well very strange being an agent of chaos is its own kind of reward so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely well thanks very much carly it was great to learn more about this from you and as you said you expect more to come so everybody should keep their eyes peeled on TechCrunch because we'll have that as it comes and there will be more there will be more especially if this is a lapsus comeback as you said (laughs) you coined it no (laughs) yeah but we'll definitely keep our our eye out for more because it's very interesting and it's going to get more interesting i'm sure awesome thank you for having me appreciate it Next, Jordan Crook joins me to nerd out about video games and talk about what we know about the Grand Theft Auto League. Hey, so we're going to talk about the GTA 6 hacks, the Grand Theft Auto, uh, VI, depending on how you're searching for it. But I'm joined by a very special friend, my best friend and the best gamer that I know, too, actually. Oh, right. I mean that. Legitimately, yeah. I'm Jordan Crook here, best gamer Daryl knows. I think so. I don't know that many gamers. Let's put a caveat. You're one on of my that, best but... friends too. Great. Well, yeah. We're, here, we're What do you think about this? Did you see this? I think a I lot wrote of it. Yeah, I wrote I it. it. But obviously, yes. you have thoughts on it. Yes. You wrote it. I didn't write it, but I did see it. I've paid attention very closely to it. So there's like a lot of memes. I feel like there's like an immature gamer community that's like, yeah, fuck Rockstar. <laughs> Stick Absolutely. It to the man. Yes. Right. And they're like, so funny that Rockstar makes a game about stealing stuff, but then when someone steals from them, they're like, wah, wah, wah. It's like, <laughs> bro, it's the game you want to come out. And like, now it's going to be slower. Right. Like, just use your brain. You know what I mean? And like, the one thing is like, okay, there's videos leaked, but because they had source code and I read somewhere and don't quote me on this, like, don't, this isn't journalist, Jordan. This is just like random Twitter reader, Jordan talking. Uh-huh. But like I saw somewhere it's like 10,000 lines of source code were taken. 
Right. But like, I think for a game like this, it's like 2 billion lines of code or something. So yeah, it's like, that's probably it's still a one small, small thing that happens amount. in the game. Like when you buy a donut or something, it lo- leaked, but not the rest of it. Right. But like, it matters because as soon as you understand like the general mechanics of source code or whatever, I mean, I'm speaking as someone who's non-technical, right. but it matters in that like source code is what protects the game from hackers and cheaters and people who want to scam other people and steal from them and all of those other things. Like having it a secret is important. Right. Especially for an online game. Yes. It's an important thing to keep secret. And so that's problematic. It slows everything down. It takes away from the fun. I mean, I care a little bit less about this, but it takes away from some of the fun of the GTA 6 release. And while I, too, as a gamer who loves Rockstar games, I've played both Red Deads and I've played GTA for the last like two or three titles, I get frustrated with how long it takes. Mm-hmm. But then when the game comes out, I'm like, oh, worth I it. get it. Yeah. Yeah, because they're building whole worlds with like really complex NPCs and like streaming music deals for the radio stations. And it's like a big thing. It's huge. It's some of the biggest games that we have, I think. And so those are my high level thoughts. Yeah. So just I'd realized we jumped ahead a little bit in case I jumped ahead because based on the numbers on the website, it looks like. Everybody has Most seen this. Most people know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, but in case you didn't, don't feel bad. Maybe you just don't want to pay attention to video game news. But the next installment of Rockstar's much celebrated, much loved, but also much mocked franchise Grand Theft Auto leaked online. A hacker gained access to 90 videos plus as Jordan mentioned, a bunch of source code and some other stuff, and dumped it all on GTA forums. It was later removed once they actually issued a copyright uh, infringement notification, and the site took it down. And it's kind of, they've been playing whack-a-mole with the clips on other platforms too, like YouTube and stuff like that. But it's still out there. You can probably still find it. And what they later said was that it was from an early build, which people suspected anyway. I think some of the timestamps on this stuff was like, maybe even 2017, but this game Mm -hmm. has been in development since 2014, like basically since GTA 5, right? That's the current one? Yes, 5. GTA 5 is the current one, yeah. So basically they launch it, they spend about a year like doing all of the testing, debugging, whatever that they need to do after the version is fully launched and start plotting their extra campaigns and raids and, you know, whatever else they want to add to it. And then slowly but surely, like numbers from that group working on GTA 5 start porting over to GTA 6 until they're all over there. GTA 6. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And this was kind of like, it's longer than most in terms of the cycle because it was the living game. Like it was one of the early crops of like really living games getting constantly updated with content. And so it's still popular now. People still play online all the time. Yeah. It's like almost 10 years old. Right. Yeah. And like, There's always new shit. I have a friend who works in comms at Rockstar who never tells me anything, unfortunately. But she's always like, oh, new thing coming out this weekend. And I'm like, bro, I haven't played in like four years. But Me neither. It's because I'm old school. I'm like, I play the game. I like the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, great, it's done. I'm done with this. So online just seems so stressful. Like people could just steal all your shit. Yeah. Like I don't even want to log on. I'm like... Don't I take my shit. I have a real problem with online, and I don't know whether it's generational. But you play other games. You play Call of Duty online a lot, right? I do. Yep. And Only so, online. But, like, I can't play almost any game online. It ruins the enjoyment 
for me with almost any game because it's like because of voice chat no not even that i'm just like who's this person what am i doing am i in competition with this i don't want them around what are they doing in here you just like NPCs. Yeah, I want like NPCs. What the world, what the Lord ordained for you. Exactly, and nothing, nothing random. more. Or yeah, even when I was playing Elden Ring briefly, and then like randos would drop in, and I'd be like, "What's this? Who's this? Get out of my Elden." To Ring. be fair, I think it's a little bit different in a sandbox game like Call of Duty, where there's like a maximum of seven other people with you. Right. They're always going to be better than bots, and it's sandbox, and it's like somewhat controlled. Voice chat is pretty gruesome, but yeah. It's different when you're in like with thousands of other players in a open world and like your options with those players are almost limitless. I mean, yeah, <laughs> people can do crazy shit in GTA. You can do almost anything, you right. know? So I think that makes it a little bit harder to deal with the randomness yeah. of other human beings. But it does look like they'll continue that trend with GTA 6 based on what we know about it. They're not going to go back to the old mode of like, but they'll still do a single player version, which is, I think what. For me personally, that's what I've been most excited about. That's what I, yeah. Yeah. The campaign. And the the leaks looked actually really good. Like from what I saw, the game looked very good and polished for what is probably a very early build, right? It's hard to say because they were pretty short and they're kind of like, a lot of them look iterative over the existing one, which is already pretty good, but that's kind of where games are at these days. I think the other thing, you mentioned the toxic sort of like response of fandom that was like, oh, well... You jerks like deserve this because you took too long to give me my game. <laughs> yeah, like which is entitlement to the extreme. And then I foregrounded like, oh, like it's there's just like the rumor said, like there's a male and female protagonist characters that you can play as, and people were awful about that. St- like, yeah, in all the comments and at, like at replies to just the tweets, just them so toxic about it. About like, why is Rockstar so woke? And it's like. What is the matter with the whole universe? Rockstar's actually been super woke for a long time. And if you right. didn't get that from playing the earlier games, like, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of that in general with, like, all the Disney live-action stars and Haley Bailey, Halle Bailey yeah, um, playing Ariel and all of those things. Like, you think we're getting better, but we're just, the people who are bad are just coming out stronger. They're- yeah. Imagine complaining about there being an option to play as another gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, hey, we're gonna make you play as a chick. It's like, and maybe they will, and that would be fine too. Wanted to, that would be fine too. Because what does it matter? Yeah, yeah. But it's a story. But I think the good news is, so you did mention the the threat that, like, the fact that Source Code could stall things back. Rockstar so far, they've been very quiet about it. But the only thing they did say publicly was like, this won't affect essentially our progress. I don't think they said that. They said, we still have the intent to bring you a high quality game. Uh, Hold on. Let's look at the actual. Let's go to the, let's go to the notes. Oh yeah. We'll continue as planned. So they didn't actually say. They said nothing about their timeline being pushed up or pushed back. They, to be fair, they've never given us a timeline. Well, any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects kind of implies time, but doesn't necessarily say it. Right. There won't be any effect. But yeah, we don't know. We do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. So, yeah, I mean, long term is kind of vague. I don't know. Again, like if what I heard is right and it's 10,000 lines out of like two billion, that's not very much to rewrite. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't like create a key that allows you to figure out what the rest of the code would look like or whatever. 
I mean, they've been working on it for a really long time. They probably have safeguards in place for if this happens. I don't even think it's the first time that it's happened. I feel like Rockstar is like the one that everybody wants to leak yeah. all the time. It's a little like Apple-y, yeah. right? Like Apple knows what's to, what to do when the iPhone leaks or whatever. Fire a bunch of people and then go from there. So it'll be fine. But it is sad and it's sad to see the response. It just shows like kind of the stupidity and immaturity, I think, of you love this game. Like you right. love this company, you love this game and someone stole from them. Yeah. And I think uh, there's people, I've seen a lot of people cynically kind of being like, well, this is the best thing they could ever ask for. And there's even people doing the classic suggestion of like, they did it on purpose to generate hype for the game. This game didn't need any, (laughs) whenever they chose to actually do a real reveal, it would have gotten all the hype it needed. So they have like the most robust marketing and comms people that like they could come up with amazing shit that would just blow our minds. And they'll do that whenever they're ready to do that. For sure. You know, but you know, it did make me more excited for the game. So it has that effect. <laughs> it did work. The hype, yeah, the hype it, it worked. But it'll wane, and then like in two years, when they actually do like a gameplay trailer or something, it'll be like, okay, it's back. I wonder if there will be any co-op. Yeah, I I would love co-op because I would be love great. to like play the girl, and you could play the boy, or vice versa. Vice versa. It doesn't matter doesn't to matter. us, and we could run Miami together. That'd yeah. be fun. Well, or Vice City, as it's called. Anyways, we'll also find out apparently whether this. Teen hacker is also the same person behind the Uber hack, which he claims to be, which would be a good year for that hacker. <laughs> you got a lot done. Yeah, does anybody want to hire a hacker yeah. who's 16 and has no moral compass? Well, the FBI is looking into this now, so you better hire him fast if you want that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, thanks, Jordan. Great talking to you as always. And cool to nerd out about games. The best subject there is. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. And remember to check out all the stories we talked about in this episode on TechCrunch.com. Also, TechCrunch Disrupt is coming up on October 18th through the 20th, live in San Francisco, with guests including Serena Williams, Kevin Hart, Dylan Field, and more. Use code TCPOD, all one word, to get 15% off passes, excluding the online and expo versions. And be sure to check out all the other TC podcasts, Found, Equity, Chain Reaction, and the TechCrunch Live podcast. See you next week. The TechCrunch podcast is hosted by myself, managing editor Daryl Etherington. We're produced by Maggie Stamets with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. Alyssa Stringer leads audience development and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week.